Squall, you going to the Zellers? Uh, no. He doesn't even know what Zellers is. I know what Zellers is. I just, just, just. Know. It's open back up today. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where? Uh, across Canada. Like everywhere or across? Oh, it can't Canada. be everywhere. Not all of Canada is the Zellers. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, there's the cold open. <laughs> Got him. Well then. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Let's Get Gaming Podcast, episode 96. This is your one-stop shop for all video game news, reviews, and sometimes interviews. I'm your host, Patrick Dennehy. Join with me on our quest for video game enlightenment. It's Chris Montpetit. Let me guide you on this spiritual journey, my friends. And back from the grave, it's Pasquale Galuzzo. I've been on my spiritual journey, and I am now enlightened. Oh, wow, okay. Pasquale... Yes, you you've been gone for you know a, a few weeks. Welcome yeah. back to the show. I hope you had a, a nice vacation, a nice trip, wherever it is that you went, uh-huh. whatever it is that you did. Yep. However, Loving. now that you're back, What's up? there's there's a couple of things that you need to uh, answer for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. First of all, if I'm going to ask you what you've been playing. Okay. And if you don't have the most mind-shattering, in-depth answer to this question, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> Pasquale, what's yeah? What have you been playing this last few weeks? I have been playing Hogwarts Legacy. I have now finished the game, mm-hmm. technically, yeah. but I am trying to 100% complete like platinum it. Um, I want more. Do better. You want more? Okay. I'm yeah, give give, give me more. What else you got? All right. So I, I can I restarted the game because you got to play the beginning of it four times. Now you're losing me. Come on, <laughs> keep it keep it concise. Come on, what you got? What do you want? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, yeah. No, uh, welcome back to yeah. the show. Um, yeah, playing it four times it gets really uh, annoying actually a little bit because you're just like clicking through trying to get through it as fast as possible, right. and it's it's a little it's a little long to get to the point they want you to get to. Hmm. But it's, so you, it's okay. It's not. It's not terrible. It's not like I can do it within like a couple hours. It's just a lot of repetition. I was. I. I, I still was expecting more. You know. And look, I'm glad you're back. I'm yeah, happy that you're having a good time with Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> but I, I. I think my expectations are reasonably within line of what you're capable of performing. You what? know. What 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 were you expecting? I don't know, man. I was expecting like a couple anecdotes, a couple stories that tie in together in like a, a larger grand scheme, like a three act structure, something basic, and then you know it all connects back to the topic of video games. Listen, I'm no Shakespeare, so you, yeah. you get what you get. No, you don't have to tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just, look, the way I the way I look at it is, I think I'm becoming more and more like those like 47 year old boomers that commit themselves to a company. And it's like, look, <laughs> all I want is the best for you because I want you to do your best because in the long run it benefits me. You know? That's right. <laughs> exactly. I need you to excel so that so, I could excel further than you. 
Yeah, and and yeah. legally firing you would be a lot of paperwork, and then we have to you know pay a whole bunch it's, of fees and everything. So we can't do it, but we're going to slowly push you out the door, making you feel more and more <laughs> uncomfortable until you make the decision to leave, which is really what we want. We don't have to take on any of the financial burden. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Chris, how have you been? Uh, I've been doing all right. Uh, I've been uh, bouncing back and forth for uh, my PC to my console, trying to mm. play some stuff. Uh, I also was able to make a trade with a friend. He was able to pick up a copy of Legend of Zelda uh, Oracle of Ages for me. So oh, wow. happy to have that one in my collection finally. Very that's nice. that's a vintage piece right there. Yeah, and I just need to get uh, seasons to uh, <coughs> complete the set. So yeah, those are those were somewhat overlooked in like the the Legend of Zelda franchise, and yeah. I think both of them are coming to the Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, they they are, um, yeah. and uh, they're also one of the very few Zelda games that were not made by Nintendo. These are actually made by Capcom. That's really? right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's they're fun. Have you not have you not played them, Pasquale? Oh, I've played them. I can't remember which one I have. I have. You have I a kangaroo? Did you have a kangaroo in it? I think it. I think it did. Yeah, yeah a little little. It's been a while Aussie since I played there. it. It's been a while. Was it the blue it. cartridge or the red cartridge? Yeah, you got blue or red. I don't. I don't remember that. I do not remember. You don't I, remember colors, huh? Uh, like I don't remember. Co- I don't remember stuff. Not, what do you not, remember? Not All right, okay, I have an actual question for both. <laughs> of you, okay, we're gonna mm-hmm. get into like the the existential part of the show. Mm-hmm. When you, how do you guys perceive thought visually? Visually, Pasquale. Like when you say perceive thought, I, the fact that you take this long <laughs> to answer this, this it should this should be like an immediate question. Yeah, I guess visually, yeah. You uh, like if if I were to if I were to ask you guys to like think of an apple, how are you thinking of an apple? Like, what do you what do you do you see something in your head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. generally a red apple. Red apple, interesting. Yeah. Chris, what basic. about you? It was green, basic bitch. Oh yeah. shit! So you, so you're just thinking of an apple floating in like a void, pretty a much black void, yeah. Yeah. You don't think of it like on a table? No, no. it's in a black void. It was just really? floating. Because when I do it, I like set a stage in my head, and it helps mm. me remember it. Uh, I have like a, I have a preset room that I use for all my like object <laughs> viewings, and like I, don't fucking laugh at me because this is the real <laughs> goddamn. Thing. No, that's your that's your memory palace. Yeah. That's what you set I have, up. I have I have like it's a, it's like a log cabin room with like a table in the middle of it. There's a nice little green rug, right? Okay. And I sit at that table and I do it like when I'm like thinking of things that happened like in the past. Tub. When I'm thinking of things that happened in the past, I like you know I look through my notes in my little in my little log cabin in the middle of the woods. Yeah, that's that's a that's a memory palace. Interesting. Yeah. But I found out, I found out recently that some people don't see things in their head, and when when I explain that I see things in my head, people are concerned about me. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know the the people the people that don't visually picture something in their head are are broken and uh, <laughs> whoa okay. That's, well, yeah. That's well, that's just a fact. Of, it's better to visually see them in your head than out in the real world, because then that then that's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you guys have a, a voice in your head? Yeah, My I got own a voice. The, the narrating voice. I got I got a narrating voice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it sound it's like weird Morgan too. Freeman? No, I. It doesn't sound like anything to me. That's a weird thing. It's just there. It's, it's familiar, just, but it's it's not. It doesn't have like a a sound to it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's it's not. Mm. This is this is this is the thing that might be concerning. It's not my voice. I I think hmm. mine's like what I think my voice sounds like. Yeah, it might be that. It might be like yeah, 
But like for me, it's just like isn't that just your thoughts? <laughs> like yeah, but what are my th- what are, what are thoughts really? You know, they're just chemical connections. You know. Now and I don't know what to think anymore. Well, I mean, like, like, <laughs> like, really, really, you're not hearing anything because nothing's being audibly produced. You're, yeah. it's, it's what you're perceiving in your head as what you interpret as like thinking. It's like someone huh. might visually see sentences and not hear the narrating voice in their head. Uh, to which I think that's so weird. But then at the same time, you are one of those people that visualizes words. So obviously you can visualize an apple floating mm-hmm. in the it's, void. It's so, dude, I went down the rabbit hole of this. of like aphantasia and hyperphantasia and whatever, all, all this stuff, right? The the people that see stuff in their head make sense to me. The, the people that just have a voice, I can understand that. The people mm-hmm. that see words, I do and not understand it. that at so- all. Yeah. Is that like when you're playing a video game and there's like stuff describing like a tutorial level where it's like, this is blah, blah, blah. Like, is that what they're seeing? That's their real life when they close their eyes and they're like, uh, if I was like, I need you to think about what we need to buy for groceries in their head. They're they've like, they're thinking and they've They've made a list list. and, and that list is there. Whereas like in my head, it's like, (laughs) don't forget bacon. Don't forget the apples. Don't forget the cheese. It's just a You're fucking stupid. You the forgot things. the goddamn cheese again. <laughs> Can you wait? Hold on. Can you guys like? Is, okay. I I understand that I'm pushing like this. This might out me as like needing to to go to like a, a facility. Mm-hmm. If you guys like sit down, close your eyes, mm-hmm. keep your okay. eyes completely still. Don't move your eyes at all. Do you do you have and and think of something? Do you physically see it appearing in front of your eyes? Yeah okay physically no like like i mean metaphysically like yeah yeah, yeah metaphys- it's not like it's like... actually there but like metaphysically like for me it's like once i focus it's like the the curtain moves away mm-hmm. and i could see past my own thoughts and i, think, I could see like an actual picture i think for mm-hmm. that to happen i really really need to be focusing i can't just mm-hmm. like close and just do it okay but once I get into a zone, I think it, I think I can make it there. Like when I, I was can... a kid, I I would like play games where like I would shut my eyes and I would like imagine my house and I would walk with my eyes closed using my imagination. Like and then I... like whenever I started bumping into shit, I'm like, all right, time to go to bed because I'm off my game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have the thing where it's like I've been laying in my bed before, but I can yeah. visualize myself standing at the door looking at towards my bed. Oh, that's that's astral projection. That's a whole other thing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Pasquale, you I don't think might I was asleep. Spiritually advanced. Uh. <laughs> no, I've 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 had the the astral projection feeling, being like really overtired and feeling like you can leave your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like that's yeah. that's a whole other thing. Like you feel like the room gets like really big and expanded, yeah. and like you feel like you're getting like higher in the room, but your your mm-hmm. body's laying there. Yes. It wasn't high. I don't know, but apparently that can really fuck you up. Like you can you can die from that. I think. No, you can't. What, what, how? What, I don't know. What are you it's like your that's, that's only your in the body. movie Insidious. Okay, <laughs> you, you, that's the only, that's his scientific fact. He's like, I watched Insidious once. <laughs> there was this documentary where someone asked a project, <laughs> and then All he right. was locked in a room, and his dad had to also astro project to save him. <laughs> There was some weird ass Tiny Tim music playing throughout the whole thing. I don't know why they picked that. <laughs> In the mountains. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> anyway, welcome mm. to Let's Get Gaming Podcast. Um, 
<laughs> oh, so that was that was an insightful conversation we just no, had. It was, you know, it's always yeah. good to learn more about you know what makes us tick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you guys want to know what I've been playing? Would you? Yeah, playing? I'd love to know. You. Oh, playing. thank you, thank you for asking. I've uh, I've decided that it's time for me to to chase. What's 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 the euphemism that people? Put the rainbow. In? Not not the rainbow. <laughs> what's the, what's the happy thing that your brain makes? Serotonin. Uh, serotonin. That's it. Serotonin. That's it. Serotonin. Thank you. I, I forgot what it was called. Um, I decided that it was time to to chase a serotonin. So I I put together a little challenge for myself, mm-hmm. where I'm I'm going through my a roguelike gauntlet, uh-huh. and I have all of my favorite roguelikes. And the way it works oh. is that I'll start it off. I'll do one run in the Binding of Isaac. Yeah. And then I'll do a game of Slay the Spire, mm-hmm. and then I'll enter or exit the dungeon depending on the rotation. Mm-hmm. And then I'll end the whole thing off with a little game of Wizards of Legends. No Hades? No Hades. I'm done with Hades, dude. I, I can't mm-hmm. do Hades anymore. I got the Platinum in Hades only once because, you know, I'm trying to be more conservative in my time now. But Hades is... Hades. When Hades 2 comes out, I'm absolutely going to be playing Hades 2. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong because that game I've, is great. Have you, uh, have you tried Dead Cells at all? I couldn't... Dead Cells is one of those those roguelikes I just could not get into. See, that's what uh, Alice's latest obsession is right now. Uh, yeah. I, I picked her up a copy of Dead Cells for, for Christmas, and uh, that was in preparation for the Castlevania crossover DLC. So Yeah. Um, I, I I like it. Like, everything I hear about it, like, on paper, I should be into it. But I think what it comes down to is that every run is just three goddamn hours, and it's just, it's <laughs> just, it's too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Makes Slay sense. the Spire. I'm shit. I'm I'm out of that in like five minutes if I'm <laughs> lucky. You know, you just, we're just burning through that. Even Isaac. Isaac, unless I do all the extra stuff, you know, unless I'm really going for the true ending, I can mm-hmm. be done a run in like 25 minutes, which is like understandable, right? And yeah, I just, a roguelike, if, if you have a roguelike that's like, sit down, you're going to be here for like the next two hours. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like. Just borderline I, not a roguelike anymore. I, it's it's it depends, you know. It depends because I remember when I was really into Nuclear Throne. Those there is no end; you just keep looping, and like it just gets harder and harder until you die. It's like real life, right? And then it's just like even then, like I got pretty good at Nuclear Throne, and I'm just like, all right, I'm on like loop three now, and I guess I just keep going until you die. And I I I, I like there to be a concise ending, you know, one that's attainable within like a, a half hour stretch yeah that's 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 what keeps me going with roguelikes you don't want to be you don't want to be putting too much time into it because then when you know the inevitability of death actually hits you you're like all right well at least i unlocked like you know some new pills that game (laughs) see i'm kind of like in the opposite boat right now i'm going for a long stretch because i've been playing uh civilization six and i'm I'm on a i'm on my third restart right now because i got absolutely demolished by wilford laurier uh, you know, the first uh, real, uh, I wouldn't say first, but like he's like the first uh, leader of Canada, really, uh, okay. in this game. And uh, then I then I got placed in Australia and I just got absolutely wrecked by the barbarians for some reason. So uh, I had to restart. And now I'm playing as uh, Wilfred Laurier in uh, uh I've started my own Canada on a, on a different continent. Right. And, uh, pick a warm one. (laughs) Well, part of, part of the, the unique thing about Wilfred Laurier's, um, character is that you can build hockey rinks 
<laughs> and uh, your special class of soldiers is Mounties, of course. And uh, um, Mounties have the ability to create national parks. Okay. Um, so that's that's kind of this, this almost sounds racist. Hey, right? you, you know, it, it almost is, but like. Um, it skirts the line, I feel. The, like. the other thing is that Canada is not allowed to start a surprise war, but at the same time, no one is allowed to start a surprise war on you. So that's also that's very handy because well, like everyone really likes Canada. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I you know what I, I I could respect that. I think we the, the world leads needs less surprise wars. You know. Hmm. Give me a good like two to three month warning so I could get all my stuff together and yeah I I, I think everyone would be a lot more open to that if mm-hmm. we followed decorum. Yeah, I'm just like in a really intense like 750 uh, turn game right now. So I you know what like Civilization was never a franchise I really got into. I I, I was more of a like a uh, tycoon. Not roll. I I did play a lot of Roller Coaster Tycoon. Sims. I, I dude, I'm I'm totally blanking. It was like myths and legends or something like that. Age of Mythology. Age of Mythology. Okay. okay. I played a lot of Age of Mythology, which was it was a glorious game, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's interested in like those civilization building type games. Mm-hmm. But even even back then, I was a simple man. I put in the cheat code to give myself an unlimited amount of money. I gave myself twenty dragons, and I just rained hellfire on pretty much everyone. You know, it's it it's time. it's so crazy, like how Civ is just you can win so many different ways. Like hmm. uh, my first game, I thought I was doing really good. I was getting like all the sciences. I was getting ready to like launch myself to the moon because in Civ Five, like if you get yourself launched into space, you win because you win the space race. Uh, right yeah but in civ 6 like getting yourself into space isn't like a guaranteed win and i got demolished because they have a new thing called um uh i think it's like democracy points or something like that and if you get 20 of these points you you literally just win the game and um the more uh i don't know towns and and stuff that you found and then you you can accrue a whole bunch of diplomacy points and stuff like that and you can literally just vote yourself in every congress session to get two points and you need 20 to win so right. if there's yeah. if there's like 10 sessions and you have the most votes you win that's, so, it. that's yeah. interesting huh. sounds like a sounds like a sounds like a nightmare Thanks. Oh, I, I never weird. understood the people that got into civilization. You know, that was just like that's a level of sadomasochism that I just. If if you want to be like a tyrant, it's it's really fun. You can just full on go right into science, create the uh, nuclear death robot. Oh Jesus! Okay. okay, yeah, and annihilate everyone. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you create the atom bomb and and nuclear missiles, and you can launch them and kill everybody. Easy, like Great. no no big deal create the the heat death of the universe and everything like that yeah there's also like you can you can take over the entire planet by converting everyone to your religion and then creating a mass cult uh you can you can just win by being the most influential player and just being the most well liked it's just Hmm. it's crazy tried and tested methods that we've seen play out here in the real world yeah yeah Yeah, it all works is that how real politicians test out their policies and shit 
Yeah, that's how they do it. Yeah, they, they, they run it through the, the civilization simulator and they see, you know, okay, well, we got yeah. 97% here. That's pretty right. good. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. Roll it out. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> anyway, anything else that you guys uh, want to talk about in the opening section of the show before we move on into the news? No. No? I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I just want to give you guys the option of sharing any interesting stories, like last week when I almost beat the shit out of someone in a thrift store. You know, <laughs> okay. just any weird little anecdotes that might pop up into your head, but that's fine. We'll just move on to the next section of the show. That's okay. Pasquale, uh, if you want to learn about that story, you should tune into the last week's episode to, to okay. learn about this. Oh, okay, I will listen, maybe. Yeah. I, I dude honestly man if you if you think you know how I handled being accosted in a thrift store you, was don't, it, you don't know was it similar how you dealt with Walmart what almost getting almost banned <laughs> yeah I guess I no I was in the right dude oh, okay he was in the right I, I, will, I was I in the right that. the person who came up to me was like just just looking for a fight man uh well I can I can talk about how my dog just cost me eight hundred dollars oh my god. <laughs> And you're Again? spending money left and right. Yeah. What's Not willingly. Dog is are they okay? So my poor little girl, uh, I noticed she didn't feel good after my second walk with her. So I walk them once in the morning and once in the after, uh like in the evening, right? Usually usually right around when I finish work. Uh walking fine, no big deal. Um get back up to my doorway uh she climbs the stairs and uh she's whimpering um gets progressively worse throughout the night to the point where like i can't even touch her sides because she's crying hmm. uh she's having a hard time standing up oh my god uh, she's crying trying to go outside and come back in because her uh every time she tries to climb the stairs she cries so I'm I'm afraid like she ate something when I wasn't paying attention. Maybe maybe she's got like maybe she found a bone and it's perforated her bowel or something like that. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure what. Uh ended up sleeping on the floor next to her the entire night. Um she didn't even want to get up to go outside to go to the bathroom. I'm wow. all worried. Uh yeah, it's call not the... good. <laughs> no, not call, good I, I call the vet. Um or Alice calls the vet. We get her an appointment. I was able to get her in early because someone canceled their appointment. So I rush her to the vet. Uh, I have to get her exam, making sure that she didn't break her back or something. So mm -hmm. they did a back exam. Uh, back seems fine. Poke, poke her size. She's crying. Okay, I got to do x-rays. So x-rays cost me 200 whatever dollars just to do that. On top of me just getting there, because just going to the vet is seventy dollars. Yeah. Um. Have to do the X-rays. She doesn't. She doesn't like being on the table, so I have to. She doesn't even like being picked up, so I have to try and get her on the table. I have to help them hold her down so they can X-ray her and do blood work and all this stuff, just to find out that my dog is constipated, and um, needed to take a really nice shit. Oh, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that must have been, I mean, like, for all the whining and whimpering and, and pain, that must be must have been a hell of a constipation. Well, I want you to think of it this way, right? Yeah. Have you ever been just, like, so full uh -huh. and 
you just feel that pressure building up and you're just like, I think I'm going to die. I'm there right oh, now. Yeah, yeah. I've had um, that. <laughs> I think, I think that was her. And, uh, to, we did find in the x-ray that she does have, uh, a little bit of, of, um, hip dysplasia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That's not good. no. So usually like hip dysplasia happens in, uh, like purebred dogs. Usually it's like bilateral. So it means both sides. Mm. Um, she's only got on one side. So we're thinking she, she had some trauma from before we got her from the shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm thinking her, her bowels are just so impacted that it just pushed so hard on her hips that her hips were hurting. She didn't want to walk. Oh and God. yeah, 800 so, bucks to find well, out my dog just needed a really good shit. That's gotta be the most expensive shit I'll ever hear about. <laughs> I mean, did they, did they help her along? Like what was, what was the end result? Um, so I, I got her some dog Pepto-Bismol, um, <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, to help coat her stomach. They gave her a shot, uh, to kind of, um, I guess you would say it was a shot to relieve pain so that if right, she did yeah. poop and push, it didn't mm-hmm. hurt. Right. Um, she wasn't completely impacted to that. Like they needed to shove something in her butt, like a suppository or something like that yeah. to make her go. But, mm-hmm. uh. She did have some hard, hard uh, poop stuck in her bowel and uh, mm. some gas. So I had to, I had to switch her food back because uh, I recently changed their food. So I switched her food back and had to get her some canned food and let her unleash in my backyard. To, oh to my which God. I've, I've never seen a pile of crap <laughs> so big in my entire life. <laughs> I'm for, glad to hear that your dog's doing better. Yeah. That's, that's the only thing that matters. My poor 46-pound dog <laughs> dropped a 40-pound log <laughs> in, in my backyard. Damn. You bring it over to that lady that you have issues with. And just, uh... <laughs> oh, don't worry. I, I'm going to be saving that one for when I go. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear everything worked out. Yeah. 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 It, it made its way out. The dog is now a chihuahua. Well, with that charming story out of the way, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into the news section of the show, shall we? A boom stinger. Well, following uh, our, our story from last week, we have an, an interesting development on the 3DS and eShop shutting down fronts. Mm-hmm. A YouTuber, otherwise known as The Completionist, maybe you heard of him, uh, spent twenty two thousand dollars to buy every Wii U and 3DS game and 3DS game 3DS? ahead of Nintendo. Yeah, I'm just yossifying words right now. <laughs> ahead of Nintendo eShop shutdown, as reported by VGC, the completionist uploaded a video sharing the endeavor, which took three hundred and twenty eight days to complete, including DSiWare, the Virtual Console, and DLC. The project saw eight hundred and sixty six Wii U and 1,547 3DS games purchased in total. The complete project, totaling a Wii U with three external hard drives and a 3DS with four microSD cards, will be donated to the Video Game History Foundation to preserve the digital offerings that will otherwise cease to exist. That's awesome. The store shut down on March 27th, which is a couple days from now. Yeah, that's that's 
such a baller move too. It's it's a, it's a great thing, and it's also so sad that like someone had to do this because otherwise nobody it's not would do like, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I, it's it's weird too because I was like immediately my initial reaction was like, oh, Nintendo should do something. It's like, but that's not all their games. It's yeah. not. It's not every game on the eShop is Nintendo's. It's not on them to do it. But I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, the completionist spent a total of twenty two thousand seven hundred and ninety one dollars spread across. 464 eShop cards because remember they removed the ability to use a credit card or anything like that. You had to use prepaid. Who was the person at the store that had to load all these cards and they're like, dude, like fuck off. He went to at least three Walmarts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Which amassed to 1.2 terabytes of Wii U games and 267 gigabytes of 3DS games. Which translates to two million one hundred and thirty-six thousand six hundred and eighty-nine blocks, which is Nintendo's own data me- measurement system. What does that mean in real-world numbers? We don't know. Do they never tell us? Yeah. These incredible numbers were just half of the battle for the completionist, however, as a Nintendo eShop of old uh, don't run as smoothly as the Switch's version. The software is clunkier, slower, has limited search functionality, and even adding funds can get complicated. <laughs> Limits to purchasing eShop gift cards exist to prevent scams and such, meaning the completionist team had to visit a ton of different stores to acquire the amount needed. The eShop also has a $250 <laughs> cap, meaning only so much can be added at a time before they had to start buying oh games. God. That's yeah. like five games at a time they could do. This sounds like an absolute goddamn nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? And first, you know what the worst part is? My initial reaction to this was like, 22 grand for every Wii U and 3DS game seems like a really good price. Yeah, yeah. it's not that much. Like, it's it's a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But like, for every single game released on the on the 3DS and Wii U the platforms, that's pretty good, dude. Over 2,000 yeah. games. And unfortunately, it is digital, so it is worthless but at the same time i think it's you know it's i don't know um additionally only around 10 games could be purchased at a time for the 3ds um force before the 3ds forces users to download them and it also restricts the total spend per day oh my god there's a there's a spend limit there's a spend limit on the 3ds jesus Purchasing DLC on the 3DS must must also be done in-game, with some games requiring partial or total completion before oh any additional God. content can be purchased. Oh, no. That sounds like hell. The completionist <laughs> explains every hiccup and, and every detail in the video that they uploaded onto their YouTube channel, um, but needless to say, the process wasn't plain sailing. For those who still have their Wii U or 3DS, be sure to purchase anything left on your wish list ahead of March 27th. Mm -hmm. Uh, IGN has compiled a list of the best Wii U games, which include Super Mario Maker and The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD, and the best 3DS games, which include Fire Emblem Awakening and Bravely Default, if you need some help deciding what games to pull the trigger on before they are lost to the eternal endless void. And then you're stuck buying a physical for seventy five. And then you're stuck buying a physical for, for well, if the game has a physical. Hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. So there we go. So here we have somebody who spent the last year. I can <laughs> preserving I can see all why. these games. Mm-hmm. This is a you know what, and it, it's interesting too because like half of these limitations that are brought up here, I didn't even think about. 
the fact that the 3ds has a spending limit per day is something it's completely new to me i didn't even think about that yeah how, i, I how had much no idea was there was that? such like... a thing yeah it, it doesn't say in the article how much what that is but I, I will be looking that up yeah see if you can find that do some live researching here um but all of these roadblocks and everything in place do you think that this might explain why it took a year it, it took a year to actually get done but then also do you think this is why we're not seeing a lot of people jumping at the opportunity to to get all these games archived well, I mean that that and just like the hoops you have to to get to be able to get to them is just it's insane. Yeah, and, and you know we did mention this, but you know I don't f- I feel like this isn't something that we should just gloss over. He's donating this to the Video Game History Foundation. I mean, to be fair, he's a YouTuber, so he just paid that off as a business expense. So. No, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he also made a video that is monetized, and like you know, he is making money off of that video. Like, yeah, I. I'm I'm fully aware of the throes of capitalism as we all are at this point. But at, at the same time, I, I do think that it is nice for him to be like, yeah, okay, here's here's all the work that we did. We we went through the nightmare of of getting thousands of eShop gift cards, we, which we could only upload two hundred fifty dollars worth at a goddamn time for whatever fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know now that this work is done, here's everything for the archives. You know, I, I think that I think there is some good in that. So I'm looking it up. It looks like the limit was approximately two hundred dollars yeah. per day. That per day, sound right to me. All right, that that's actually ridiculous. If that is in fact true, yeah. Well, I don't know if you guys knew this, but to to go in tandem with this, did you know that the the Wii U can burn games? I that I uh, I, I explain. So. If you have a Wii U, you were lucky to have 32 gigs of internal storage unless you picked up the white model, which is only eight. Uh, yeah. So you ha- either had to figure out how you were going to store them or put them on some sort of external s- something, right? Right, yeah. So you can actually burn your eShop games onto a DVD and you can actually play your games from that, but not fully so the way it works is that you have to get a dvd ram not like a dvd r or like a dvd it's it's got to be a specific dvd read uh writable disc which is called the dvd ram right um when you use a dvd ram disc you can use a compatible dvd drive with the wii u and the wii u can format and communicate with this disc and then you can actually just transfer digital game uh, data over and use it to play like with any USB hard drive. Is this something that people just recently found out? How, how Literally we... before the Wii shop closing, people are just <laughs> learning how to do this. Okay, so this this is a new development. This isn't something I missed fr- from like 2012. Well, it was probably the, there this the is whole this time. technically it's been here the whole time, but um, it was just undiscovered. Yeah, there's a there is a catch because you can store and run games on the disc uh, through a DVD drive, but the Wii U disc drive won't be able to read it. So you have to hook it up to the DVD drive and run yeah. it from there and run it through the Wii U. I'm just going to ask who, who figured this out? Like who needs help? Who, who uh, do we need to assist? Clearly somebody who didn't want to like, download it like onto something else. You know, I, I mean like I, I think it, I think it's horrible whenever we have like any of these, situations that we're in right now with the wii u and 3ds shop where it's like things are shutting down there's a lot of games that you'll never be able to see anymore um or buy 
you know, legally. Um, but I think the the cool thing that comes out of these situations is people get creative. People mm. get creative. You know, it's the it's the rats on a on a sinking ship type situation where it's like we will figure something out. We don't know how we're going to do it, but something cool will be coming out of it's, this. And I think like we're seeing a lot of that right it's now. It's a survival mm. instinct that kicks in. You just got to swim, baby. Yeah. Do we can't all be lobsters on the Titanic. Some of us are just going to drown, right? So yeah. we got to figure out a way to to get around that. Um, well, just, I had no idea about this. It's just like any kind of game that is a live service or has like a like a server. Um, well, the company will eventually shut them down. You will always have a dedicated fan base that will have some sort of way to play online. Like yeah. people yes. are still playing like Fantasy Star Online on the GameCube. Toontown. Yeah, Toontown. <laughs> Toontown's going going wild right now, baby. Until I think I think I to be fair, I think Disney shut that down, that fan uh recreation. Yeah, they might be able to shut it down online, but like I'm sure it still exists in like a LAN format yeah, somewhere. Cool. So Yeah. I I don't know, man. I, I know that this has kind of been a hot topic over the last, you know, couple months leading up to to this moment, but like I I do kind of wish that there was more in place to 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 make it so that all these things that aren't really that old, it's not old media to stop them from just disappearing off the face of the earth. Yeah, for sure. Like it shouldn't take some dude and a team of people a year to navigate all the, the hoops and all the trauma that's put in place for whatever reason, just to, to get these games. Like this is this, this this isn't like a, a simple thing where it's just like all right we'll just keep buying stuff and you know whatever it charges we'll just charge it to the company and then boom that's a write off baby this was like hours upon hours of work yeah mm-hmm. and and it's sad that when they're when these games are gone it's just like man yeah, hours it. upon hours of manpower and creativity just like gone it's mm-hmm. like imagine well, paintings I... just burnt up like it's is. Well, yes, I've, never I've, see I've, it. I've 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 gone to history class. So, yeah, okay, know, yeah. That's, <laughs> but I understand the intention behind yeah. your, your your analogy there, right? Yeah, it's I and I think it's we're also doubling down too on the 3ds and Wii U being very unique hardware wise, where mm-hmm. it's like some of these games, like you need a Wii U to play it. You need that mm-hmm. tablet, you know. Mm-hmm. You, 3ds, you know, you need the gyroscope, you need the touchscreen, like it's. Some things just can't be emulated outside of the hardware that they were made for, right? And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, the Wii U. I don't mean to, you know, not to spoil anything, but <laughs> is dead. We're probably not going to get anything relatively like that again. And even the 3DS. I mean, I'm surprised that Nintendo went all in with the Switch. You know, I'm surprised that they finally killed off their portable. I, I mean, portables. You know what I mean when I say their portable lineup, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, I like. I don't know. Well, the only thing that we're left with now is whatever Nintendo decides to grace us with on their virtual consoles. You say uh, you say that we'll never see like something like the the 3DS or the or the the Wii U again until we get like the Switch Two or the Switch U or whatever they're gonna call it. Yeah. And uh, it's actually just a Switch with two screens, <laughs> just like the three. <laughs> that folds. That's how. It that's folds. how they're that's gonna it. plan it. That's how they're planning it out. Everything's coming yeah. back in the Switch U. <laughs> the Super Nintendo Switch U. You'll be able to play all all of your favorite games on the Wii U, like um, uh, the fact that you're struggling to think of one. Oh. Uh, Super Mario Maker. That's it. That's, yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> Zombie you. That wasn't even a joke. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. There's gotta be anyway. one, right? There's there's one. <laughs> anyway, hey, if you if you're if you're interested in watching this video, you can head over to the completionist YouTube channel. Check it out. They outline all the struggles and trepidations that they went through in order to accomplish this feat. Uh, and I think, you know, from a video game history standpoint, I, I think it's worth the watch. Go give them a, mm -hmm. go give them one one thousandth of a penny with your view. You know, they they deserve it. Get that sweet ad revenue. Get that ad revenue yeah. going in there, baby. Anyway. Get that moolah. Anyway, let's talk about Unreal. Boom Stinger. <laughs> So we so we got to go see a little glimpse of what we call the state of Unreal. Really, it's really creative. Uh, <laughs> but we get to see a glimpse of the future graphics that are coming up with the next Unreal Engine, which is you know pretty pretty cool. Um, something we we always look forward to is seeing how far graphics are going to progress. Uh, I think we we've, we've talked about this a few times where we've said graphics really aren't going to get much better in the sense that mm. it's, it's not going to be really groundbreaking. Like it was the jump from 16 bit to uh, 64 polygons. Right. Yeah. Um, but Unless the technology drastically changes. Right. We're, we're, we're pretty which, much, we're there, which right now it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to drastically change. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it, it's not going to like, we're not going to see a real jump where we went from being 64 bits to full 3d polygons. And then from three fu fully like 64 polygons to being able to fully render like real a human being. being. <laughs> um, the only thing we're, we're going to see now is going to be more textures that make things yes. look more realistic yeah. or we're going to get better lighting. We're going to yeah. get, uh, just it's just going to be like just details really um and you we get to the point of diminishing returns at this point you know but yeah but i mean my god man the stuff they showed off here it it's amazing it's, it's incredible i think we're getting to a point where like video games like we're getting into the quality where it's starting to look more lifelike but like you can still we're not a hundred percent right yeah um that'll take time You'll, so, you'll always be able to look at something and be like, yeah, that's, that's a video game, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and that's See, fine. The the thing is with more with these engines, they're instead of making it more realistic looking or just making it look better, it's going to these they're start going to start making it where it's more efficient for uh, developers to make games easier. Yes. So hopefully it will make like games production quicker, time, production yeah. time cut down potentially in half, depending on like how efficient it is. And maybe better games come out of it hopefully yeah so part of the the whole state of unreal we got to see a little bit of highlights of how the game engine is going to work with textures and video uh like mocap and stuff like that uh and we get a little preview of hellblade 2 uh so we're getting a sequel to swanna's swanna sacrifice uh and we're getting swanna saga uh and very it's it's very uncanny like how much it has like the realistic textures and stuff like that 
the only thing that looks a little wonky is is the mouth movements mm-hmm. uh but it's like the teeth look so much better in in the mouth than compared to like what yeah. we first got with uh, heavy rain oh my god yeah. I, I, dude there was a weird era in video games with teeth where like they just oh, look like they're floating in your mouth. They looked like they were floating, but they were also like perfect pearlescent white. Yeah. Like yes. there, was, there was no, there was nothing wrong with anyone's teeth, but there was also like zero texture on them. Yeah. It was just like a, a, a piece of paper in their mouth, pretty much. Yeah. Like with, like with this one, and, what you and, see here. And the lips, like, mo- the lips moving around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was, that was weird. Um, but like, yeah, it's, it's games that take place in the distant past where like, you know, they're not brushing their goddamn teeth. There's no dentistry and they have like mm-hmm. perfectly preserved teeth. I'm like, come on, man. Come yeah. on. Just make 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 your main character have like, fucked up teeth. That's yeah. all I want. Straight teeth. They're like perfectly aligned. Uh, there's yeah. like no gum. There's no reflection or any <laughs> yeah. kind of like uh, detail in the teeth. But, <laughs> no um, so, so with uh, the preview of Hellblade 2, we get to see what is called metahuman which is the uh the part of the engine that is used to generate people and skin and textures and stuff like that yeah and uh it's like looking at like if you watch the trailer you look at the eyes and and the skin like it's it's gorgeous to look at and if you played the original helwana um swana's uh sacrifice like it's it's it it's like watching a 3d movie like it, yeah. it is very interesting very well done like if i didn't know better i might mistake it f- for like a real person i i, I think it might I, be closer like you remember that um beowulf movie where it was like 3d but like they had kind of like mocap the whole thing yeah i think i think it, it would pass for like a movie like that maybe but not like a full like fully rendered this is a human acting on a on a green screen kind of thing so like this it looks incredible and and i encourage anybody who hasn't taken a look at you know some of the clips and and trailers that came out of this presentation go watch it because like it's it's wild but there's there's just the issue that i have is like when things are brought up to such an such an insane level of graphical fidelity with the textures and the lighting and everything looks photorealistic or Mm -hmm. as much as photorealism can look within a video game engine like this mm-hmm. there, there, there's almost a level of like uncanny valley that's starting to starting yeah. to emerge yeah and i and i think you know exaggerating features helps diminish that yeah but like every i there's something with the mouths are still weird to it's, me. it's it's kind of like ai right how ai yeah. can generate all these art except like it still messes up human hands do hands yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there, there's always there's something that's just I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm just an old boomer who doesn't like you know I'm afraid of technology and it's inevitable uprising. But like, there's just it's when things are looking so human and there's something that's a little bit off. I'm like, as a skinwalker dude, is gonna yeah. replace me and my family. You know what I mean? So uh, the next demo they kind of show off on this one is uh, Lords of the Fallen, hmm. and we get to see how uh, the world is created and given like texture to the to the lighting to everything and kind of show how the world building can be used in uh the new unreal engine and like it's it's incredible to see like just the way 
the lighting and shadows yeah. are working. Uh, the the amount of detail that you can see in textures and clothing and stuff like that. Like uh, they have physics that work with chains and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And just uh, the way I your clothing was, uh... moves. It was a really great way of setting it up too, right? Because they show Hellblade and it's like, this is what we can do. And then they moved on to Lords of the Fallen. It's like, this is how we do it, right? And yeah. it really gave like the people that are interested in stuff like that. Here's like all the tools and everything that we'll have access to with this, with the new Unreal Engine. I, mm-hmm. It's 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 really well done. And I, you know, it's 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 weird too, because we have, you know, this, the new Unreal, Unreal 5 has come in and it's, you know, you have all these options and all these, new advantage that that game developers can take advantage of how many of them are actually going to do it you know like how much how much of it's actually going to make its way to the end result well it's it's all learning curve so that's that's true you know it it really comes down to wait and see but i don't know man i remember yeah i remember watching the presentation for unreal 4 and and they showed off a lot of cool stuff there and not a lot of it ever ended up being used but mm. well, I don't it's, know, it's what a what a tech demo is all about we can show you what you could do it doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to do you remember uh, the tech demo for the wii i do yeah where they have no. the the bird flying around like the different uh different beautifully rendered <laughs> environments straight mm. up it's it was so well done i remember watching it when i was a kid and like i you know I, i'm sure if i were to go back and watch it now i'd be like oh shit when i was watching it as a child i'm like this is insane yeah and then, and then, you know, I recently played Mario, the whatever Mario Party was available on the Wii, and I'm like, this game looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably doesn't help that you're not using a composite TV anymore that's, either. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm the issue. You're the well. If you if you've ever plugged in your 16 bit or uh, your N64 or anything like that into a high def TV. Uh, you will look at those graphics and go like, man, this does not look good. And that's because yeah. you're not playing in a tube TV where uh, all the pixels were rounded and, and yeah, that's, soft that's- and everything looks like it looks nice because that's the way it was designed for. It was designed yeah. for that medium. Yeah. So it's not meant to be like sharp and crisp, right? So um, we actually get another tech demo in this one and it kind of displays how unreal engine handles uh large open worlds and this one was for a game called uh infinitesimals 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 um so it's it's a it's a backyard bug game uh that was announced years ago uh and it's still in development but it's it gives you like a look of how a large open scale world will render and mm-hmm. act in this. And then finally, we actually get a driving video, which comes for Epic's Quixel, uh, but is also kind of like an ad for for Rivian. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rivian. This is uh, the electric truck oh. company that has uh that amazon <laughs> has stocks in where it looked like fucking love it the, love like it you gotta get Bronco. that product placement in there baby <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if uh i know you were like a, a stock dude when uh all the meme stocks and everything were yeah. going on did you did you get into the rivian stock at all i didn't get into the rivian no i took my i took my amc and gmc money and i, I got the fuck out before <laughs> yeah it burnt down. smart 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So Rivian was one of these companies that like had a really high stock value and never had a single um, product ever. Released. Yeah. Um, I've I've not yet seen a Rivian in the wild yet, but I've seen pictures of of a Rivian in the wild. Like it's a very interesting looking EV truck. Um, I don't know if someone that's driving an EV vehicle would actually pick a truck for, for the reason that the fact that trucks take a lot of power to truck things. So, um, but it's, it's kind of neat to show the unreal engine for this, that you can actually get right into the wheel well see rocks flying um you can see foliage you can see driving physics and and just how the truck's suspension moves and how shocks and stuff like that like it's 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 very interesting to see what can be produced in an environment like that and how the environment reacts to your your models right so it seems like it's it's industry tradition for like driving games are the cornerstone and showing off graphical <laughs> fidelity yeah but like, like they all look incredible and 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 with that take everything with a grain of salt because yeah though things might look incredible doesn't mean that that's how it's gonna look when they come out or if they come out right because we all know it's a tech demo right it's a tech demo so we're going to see the best of the best but this is this is a glimpse of what could be going back to the infinite testimonials or whatever the fuck it's called (laughs) um I, I gotta say, I wasn't a fan of the "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" formula for mm. video games before, but like it's over the past four years, it's grown on me so much. Like you and know, I, I think it's such a great concept. This for, one, for this, video games. this one specifically reminds me of A Bug's Life. Oh yep. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yep. okay. Or or the Ant Bully, that classic okay. banger from two thousand seven. Or what mm-hmm. was the other one that was like A Bug's Life, but it was called something else? Ants. 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 Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah, it came out the exact same year. Yeah, yeah. exact same premise, same exact story. same plot. Same. Except everything. it had uh, Sylvester Stallone. It had Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Yeah. Yeah. What a wild concept, for movies, <laughs> you know? Well, we I think we talked about it on an earlier episode in the podcast. It's they're called like mockbusters. Is when a studio finds yeah. out that like a big movie's being made. So they hurry up and make something that's very similar and okay. release it as fast as they can to try and get it out to, to steal <laughs> views. See, because it oh. happens. It ha- I, 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 I'm assuming it happens now. I'll be honest. Oh, yeah. I'm not really sure. keeping up on like, you know, releases of children's movie anymore, but I remember like growing up, like every time a big movie came out, there was always another one from just a like weird, it. like, double a studio and it's the exact same story it's the exact same premise. they're just piggybacking off of uh, what's already there so they just get some extra moolah but i'm like how how does it how does that work out you know they watch the first thing they're like i want more of this oh where are they watch watching it thing. because they come out within the same month so they're able to produce it within the same time it's the wildest shit I, they, I, I guess it's like what studios just next to each other it's like yeah, they're making a movie about bugs <laughs> like oh shit Let's All right, that. I guess we'll do that. Like, like, how does this work out? It has to be like, are they? Are is it, I guess everybody's getting the same like market research. There's, like, there's oh, two friends probably. working at the two studios, and one just shares everything with the other. Yeah, 
Hold on. You guys you guys killed a dead air. I'm going to look up like what what this thing is actually. Infinitesimals? Infinitesimals. Infinitesimals. You think you would come up with a, a, a name that's a little bit easier to say than like infinitesimals. But they say that and then it's like it gets in your head because they're like, how do I say this? Then before you know it, that's all you can think of. I don't know. I'm all. All I keep thinking is like infinite testicles. I don't think that's like a really good. Infinitesimals. Infinitesimals. I I don't know. That, that has to be it's, how you say it. I don't know. I don't. I I think it's too much of a a word jumble in your mouth to. Mm. <coughs> Excuse Jesus. me. Okay, hold on. You. Twin films are films <laughs> with the same or similar plots produced and released at the same time by two different film studios. It's not called mockbusters. They're called twin films. Well, it's also known as a mockbuster. If you look okay. up mockbuster. Okay. Uh, the first film, Dishonored, released in 1931, was wow. followed up by Matahari, 1931 as well. Both films are about female spies. MGM Studios alarmed by the competition that the Sternberg Dyertich phenomena proposed <laughs> to star Greta Garbo responded with a copycat Matahari the same year. Hmm. And dude, this goes on. So the first known one dates back to 1931. All right. I was going to jump Wait, ahead to like more relevant, you know, you know, movies with people that are still alive. Right. We got Cannonball followed up by the gun, the gumball rally mm-hmm. victory. This is 1976. Again, this is too far back. I don't give a shit about this. Let's move on here. Okay. Um, okay. So like looking the on the definition of mockbusters is not to be confused with twin films. So it's kind of similar, but not the same. Where a, where a mockbuster, also known as a knockbuster or drafting opportunity, is yeah. a film created to exploit the publicity of another major motion picture with a similar title or subject. Uh, they're often made with low budget and quick production to maximize profits. A mockbuster okay. is a portmanteau of the words mock and buster, which you know, pretty obvious, but makes sense. Um, yeah. They're usually be- they're usually direct to video and. <laughs> um, okay. Good, good examples of this would be like, um, I was gonna say scary movie, but that feels like no, that's that's really. that's 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 a parody. That's a parody. completely yeah, different. Um, but it'd be like the 1959 Van Wyck film, The Monster of Piedras Blancas, was a clear derivative of Creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Um, sorry, Lagoon, uh, complete with a creature suit by the same designer. <laughs> uh, attack of the 50 foot woman spawned village of the giants and the land that time forgot which spawned legend of dinosaurs and monster birds we also got dude despicable me and megamind both came out in 2010 yeah that's true yeah the a team and the losers 2010 yeah yeah there's dude there's uh, this is i love this observe and report 2009 you want to guess what their twin movie was Minority Paul Report? Blart, my oh. mall cop. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in uh, well, kind of like the same thing is like like a mockbuster. Uh, some people would say that Balsar Galactica is a mockbuster of of Star Wars. Mm, yeah, they say that about Battlestar Galactica. They don't say that about Star Trek. I uh, I guess it's kind of different. Yeah, I guess I don't know, man. I don't want to. Upset I guess fan I guess either. I guess Star Trek could be you could say is is the twin film to to Star mm. Wars, maybe. Mm. Yeah, 
You're saying GoBots? GoBots came out the same year as Transformers movie? That's ridiculous. Technically, GoBots came out before Transformers. I was going to say, GoBots predates Transformers, doesn't it? Yeah, and I believe it was the, the rights were bought by uh, the people that made Transformers, and then yeah. it was combined into one thing to sell toys. A Quiet Place, 2018. The Silence, 2019. I like, you know. Yeah. This is the definition of like, hey, can I copy your homework? Yeah, just change it. So <laughs> it's, dude, honestly, man, stuff like this is just so interesting to me. The most recent example is Violent Night and The Mean One. Mm. Also, Bloody Christmas. Uh, all uh, films about a murderous Santa Claus figure. So, well, I mean, I don't know, man. You got Pinocchio and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. <laughs> literally the same I feel thing. like that one's just reaching a bit <laughs> but i understand i understand what they're doing here anyway sorry chris i didn't mean to derail you for the past 17 minutes um no very good <laughs> is there anything else here about the this um unreal engine what are your guys thoughts and opinions on it how do are we excited for it are we happy to see it if it's gonna make video games easier to produce and we're gonna see less time and less crunch on people yeah. that are working on them mm-hmm. like that's i'm more power to it yeah i'm yeah. all for it nothing yeah. against it it makes better games come out quickly then sure just keep them at a reasonable price in general keep them at a reasonable price yeah don't don't overwork your workers pay them a livable wage and yeah. uh, you know let maybe let them go home every once in a while you yeah know, let them, they let don't them see their family that's good motivation to, they don't take need off to the shackles the take off the shackles you know yeah Anyway, speaking of shackles, let's talk about Counter-Strike 2. Ooh. Mm. Stinger. Counter-Strike, Steam's biggest game, gets a sequel over 10 years later. Insane. Valve is notoriously stingy with sequels. Yeah. But hit multiplayer <laughs> shooter. You know, I don't know if you've heard about this little indie company called what? Valve. But they have an issue counting past two. Yes, they do. <laughs> Valve is notoriously stingy with its sequels, but hit multiplayer shooter Counter-Strike Global Offensive is finally getting one. Counter-Strike 2 is set to come out sometime this summer as a free update to the existing game with a limited player test that starts Wednesday. Uh, The Steam Maker is calling it the largest technical leap forward in Counter-Strike history. (laughs) What kinds of radical new enchantments and game-changing upgrades will a sequel have? Well, Valve isn't saying, at least not yet. All of our game's new features will be revealed when it officially launches in the summer. Mm. But the road to Counter-Strike 2 begins today with a limited test for select CSGO players, the company wrote to the on ga- wrote on the game's website. During this tested per- testing period, we'll be evaluating a subset of features to shake out any issues before the worldwide release. Um, this is kind of wild to me, dude. I first of all, I think this is like incredibly overdue. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like uh, I it's it it almost surprises me that they're even making it at all because Counter-Strike to this day generates an endless amount of money. <laughs> like oh, why it's crazy. bother? <laughs> yeah, like it's I, I think it's like easy for us. Like who, I, I think we're all pretty much safely removed from the Counter Strike bubble. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But this game is massive. It has been massive for many years, and probably will continue to be massive long after we all die. Yeah. I I tried getting into 
Counter-Strike a while back and um I I I remember playing Counter-Strike god I I want to say 15 16 years ago when it first came out and yeah. I was like I'm going to try uh Counter-Strike uh now cuz it's it, it has an uh what is it uh global uh G- yeah go yeah, global offensive. CS:GO. <laughs> yeah, CS:GO. Uh, I played a couple couple rounds. Uh, I did okay. Started playing. I'm like, yeah, maybe I got the hang of this. Played with like an actual team. Got wrecked. I was like, I'm never playing with this. They, they all they yelled at me for sucking. So I was just like, <laughs> damn. You know, yeah. It was it was not good. See, that was always something that I had an issue with, and and I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm not alone in this, but like these games that have been around for years upon years upon years that have a very established, very dedicated, very hardcore player base. Mm-hmm. What does getting into that game as a new player look like? Because is that's like, I don't know, man, I have to assume that counter-strike is pulling in new users because it's been around for like 27 goddamn years. Right. But like, how, how does somebody who is new to that game even get into it like you just start with a group of friends and just get absolutely destroyed by somebody who's been playing this game for the past decade either that or just don't have emotions and when they call when they call you out on it what are what are emotions what are these i don't know are they new yeah i don't know good so things you you put it in a box you visualize a box you put all your feelings in there my log cap and and then then you just light it on fire then you just step on it and crush it and never think about it again it's in the log cabin but it's like in the cellar of the log yeah that's it we don't go down there anymore yeah we don't talk about that there's there's too much stuff down there dude we don't talk (laughs) about what's underneath valve has revealed a number of more granular improvements that are coming to counter-strike 2 they might not be wow you know they might not wow newcomers but they will surely be a big deal to hardcore fans who have dumped thousands of hours into the game over the last decade. Some of these upgrades include volumetric smoke grenades, uh, tick rate no longer mattering, fully overhauled maps, new Source 2 tools for modders, higher resolution models for guns, improved blood splatter, uh, completely reauthorized explosions, Hmm. and more accurate audio. Smoke grenades are the heart and soul of tactical gameplay in CSGO, so it's not entirely surprising that Valve spent a lot of time in the sequel's reveal talking about how smoke effects will now affect lighting and interact with other elements like bullets. Longtime players will also be happy to know that all existing CSGO skins will transfer to Counter-Strike 2, uh, complete with more detailed visuals. So this That's is like nice. really like, this is like a mm-hmm. 100% overhaul of this game. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me of what uh, happened to Overwatch. And to I was Overwatch just going to say. Except that <laughs> this will probably work because, you know, they spent more than a year working on it. You think yeah. they'll, like, just cancel, just, like, Counter-Strike and just be like, you all have to do CS2 now. Oh, you mean, like, how uh, Overwatch shut down all of Overwatch 1? You can exactly. only play Overwatch? Uh no, I don't think they'll do that, but I <laughs> I I think you'll be able to play uh CS:GO and I'll they'll, they'll just call it like uh Counter-Strike Glo- Counter-Strike Go Classic, I think is what they'll uh, end up doing. Possibly. But you'll you'll have Counter-Strike 2 to play because seems seems usually pretty good about not overwriting uh their older stuff. Right. So how do we feel about calling it CS2? Because like 
this is for the most part, unless this, I'm misunderstanding. Isn't this here, technically this is, the fourth? Well, they they can't they can't call it anything past two. Okay. <laughs> That's true. So, like, let's just let's just let's just ignore that. But for the most part, like this is a graphical overhaul, a new engine, and like balance changes, right? Like this isn't like it's this. I, I I'm I know someone's gonna get upset with what I'm saying, but it's the same game. Yeah, it, they're just kind of updating it for 2023, which, to be fair, it needed a little bit of a touch up, right? But mm-hmm. so this is okay. This isn't a new game. This is like Counter okay, Counter Strike release. The original Counter Strike released in yeah. 2000. Okay. Then it became Counter Strike Condition Zero. Then it became Counter Strike Source, which is when I first tried it. Right. Uh, then it became Counter Strike Neo. Then obviously we got to be Counter Strike Online. Then in 2012 is when we got Counter Strike Go, which then it transitioned to Online Two, and then it has Counter Strike Nexon Zombies, and finally in 2023 we will get officially Counter Strike Two. So I guess you could right. kind of say it's <laughs> it's a full sequel, right? I guess right. So wait, what, what, what do you consider as a a new game then? It's kind of like, it's kind of like a full like a DLC. I guess you I consider it's... it a new game if it, if they weren't just upresing Counter Strike or CS:GO. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you yeah. could say it's it's an encapsulation of everything that was previous into the next step. I guess. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting though. Yeah. I don't know, man. I first of all, I'm a huge fan of this. We're at the point in the video game industry and the video game society where there are games that have existed for ten plus years that are mm-hmm. still active, that still have a popular fan base, that are yep. still making a lot of money. Yep. I think that you know, in in the aspects of um, preservation, I think that we need to see more of stuff like this. I, you know, yeah. we need to see updates. We need to see overhauls. We need to see old engines being brought offline and replaced with the new ones and making sure that these games can continue to survive for another 10 years. Yeah. And I think that's what they're doing here. They're, they're, they're updating it, which hopefully, you know, has the effect of bringing a lot of people into the game to check it out. Right. Because if they do brand it as counter-strike two, everyone's like, Oh, it's a new game. I don't have to worry about the 11 years that I wasn't playing CSGO. That's true. But then also, but you know, also hopefully it has the added bonus of like the people that have been playing this game for 11 years keeps them happy and keeps them playing well because the yep. people who played it for 11 years probably do the research into the game and realize that i guarantee you people continue. that play this game for 11 years probably hate this because they're changing things <laughs> and they don't want that. that that is also true there's a there's a new meta <laughs> that's it how, how dare they how new smoke graphics change me i hate change gabe and newell <laughs> anyway that's cool, man. I, I, I'm I'm excited for this. I like when I like when we're bringing things forward into the future. This is what we need more of, people. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stop playing your RuneScape 07. Play on the new remastered RuneScape three, whatever the fuck they're at now. Stop complaining. Just accept the future. More future. Yeah, more future, less complaining. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's 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 get to a slightly. I I mean. This is going to be weird for us, but let's, you know, let's get, let's get serious. Mm-hmm. Boom stinger. All right. There's, we, we, we had to bring it up and I think we'd be doing ourselves a disservice 
the man at a service and like, you know, the industry in general. Um, Lance Riddick. Yeah. Recently passed away. At the time of recording this, I think situations and aspects around his death are not made public. For all yeah. we know, he, he was he was found in his home. And that's all we know. Yeah. With that being said, I think we should talk about his um, additions to the video game industry, not just the video game industry, but the entertainment industry in general. Yeah, for sure. Because I think, you know, I went down the rabbit hole once I heard about his death because I I, I spent a lot of time with him in Destiny as mm-hmm. Zavala. Mm-hmm. And I went through the IMDB page and I went through everything that he's he's been a part of. And I'm just like, oh, my. He has been, it's been a lot. <laughs> absolutely everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ridiculous. The amount of stuff that that this man has has been a part of. And, you know, the, there's a the very famous Toys Army, which straight up everybody go watch that go watch toys army just give yourself five minutes it's on youtube you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna shit your pants you're gonna love it so much (laughs) um lance riddick made carrying the weight of the world look easy the actor who died in his los angeles home past friday was widely known for playing authority figures usually these were cops um such as his roles on the wire and Mm -hmm. in fringe and uh in borsk which I did not watch, but it is on my list. Bosch, Bosch. You're right; it is Bosch. Okay, well, there we go. That that'll save me some time trying to find it on, on Amazon. <laughs> As with many artists, one role or type of role, it's tremendously insufficient to sum up a life and a career. Mm-hmm. Riddick's resume was an example, uh, an expansive one that spanned a wide variety of movies, television. Pr- oddball comedies, animated series of all stripes, and video games. Mm -hmm. Riddick didn't just embody authority, but dependability. His assured performance were a strut that a writer could rest any kind of scene on, and his generosity allowed his scene partners to shine. He never took up more room than he needed, but you never, ever forget he was there. Great voice. Go through amazing voice. I want to go through some of the stuff here that's that's in his IMDb. This is just the previous 105. Um, <laughs> but we have um, John Wick, the John Wick quadrility at this point. Yeah. The Legend of Vox Machina. Mm-hmm. Paradise PD, which I didn't know he was in Paradise yeah, PD. Yeah, I, I remember how I, I was talking about this on the podcast. I was watching Paradise PD. It was like... This guy sounds like Lance Riddick. They hired yeah. the best impersonator for Lance Riddick, and then I found out it literally was Lance Riddick, and I was just like, "Look, great you're shitting my dick." Paradise PD is probably the worst show I've ever. Watched. It's so weird. It's the worst show I've ever watched from start to finish. <laughs> I think I was like, just I was I th- I watched it while I was sick, and I watched it like in bed, half trying to not throw up. Yeah. I'm just like this is just a stupid show, and I remember I, I I remember you bringing this up on the podcast as well. I'm like, yeah. is that fucking Lance Riddick? And I'm like, yeah. it's it's probably not. He wouldn't be here, but no, he wasn't. <laughs> he <Paradise>. was. <laughs> uh, he was also in the other show that the company made, Farzar, which is like Paradise PD, but in in space. I don't know. Oh, I never seen that one. Yeah, you don't have to. It's not good. Yeah. Um, Vindicators too. Yep. <laughs> Okay. The the Rick and Morty spin-off series as well as the episode with the Vindicators. Yep. Uh Resident Evil. 
he played Albert Wesker as uh, the, the Netflix action. The Netflix one, yeah. yeah which also wasn't that good. Not good. <laughs> not, not a great one, no. Uh, Batman. Yeah. Ten episodes there. Thomas Wayne. Uh, Destiny 2, of course. Uh, Zavala. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, man. I, I... Jonah Hex. Yeah. Silence from Horizon. Si- that's yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. I remember him. Uh, I think my first introduction with him... Uh, I didn't watch The Wire, but I did watch Fringe, and I I I think Fringe is a great show, and and he was he was definitely like a really cool character on Fringe. He was very authoritarian because um, he was like the director of the FBI kind yeah. of thing. So that's very much his style. It, yeah, it was it, he was kind of typecast into like very. Um, I mean, you have a voice like that, you know. Yeah. You're you're gonna. Honestly, you, you're gonna find a groove. Th- yeah. There is worse stuff to be typecast as, so that was that's a that's yeah yeah solid typecast. Uh, he was also in, in my opinion, one of the best animated forms of media of all time, Castlevania. Mm. Mm. Ten episodes there. That was it was great. Yep. Um, American Horror Story. Uh, it's always sunny. We yeah, talking about it's that always sunny. We were just talking about that. I completely yeah. forgot that he he showed up in one episode of, of of It's Always Sunny. Yeah, and that's like the thing about him too. Like if you look through his IMDb, he showed up in everything at least once. Yeah, like even Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah, uh, Avengers: Earth Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah. It's I, dude, man, I, you know, I. He played Rachel Ghoul in a Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's you know it's always sad when when we lose somebody who's contributed so much, but like just seeing all the stuff that he was a part of and and being able to to lend himself to it's you know and especially it's nice. he was so young too yeah he's sixty yeah yeah um, he was going to be playing Zeus and Percy Jackson and the the Olympians a TV series there I don't mm-hmm. know what they're going to do with that right and like and and that's the thing that right now that we're gonna have to wait and see what happens right so like. You know, we're getting a, a Horizon Three, and Silence yeah. is kind of a big, massive, yeah, big, yeah, a, a big part of that. I don't know how much has been recorded, or if any of it, or if they're still in. You know, they're probably still in early stages, right? But um, we were also know. supposed to be getting, I, I guess, a Hellboy game that he was playing Hellboy, according to yeah. his oh, dude, uh, that, IMDb. That would have been a great one. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, and and of course Destiny. And Destiny's mm-hmm. going to have to mm-hmm. figure out how to write out Zavala, which I feel like that's always such like a hard thing to do. Yeah. Where it's writing off writing off, you know, like we were talking about this before like with Cade 6, you know. Nathan Fillion's expensive. All right, kill him off. That's fine, right? <laughs> and and everything everyone kind of understands that and they're like, "Oh, we get it, right? It sucks, but you gave him a good send-off." But the thing is that Nathan Fillion was there to say goodbye for the send off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's always ha- difficult to do it when the person isn't around to, to be there for the send off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, and I, and it sucks too, but I, I we've kind of seen a good way of doing it. I don't know if you guys have watched uh, Wakanda forever. Yeah. Where it's like, they gave him a proper send off in universe that made sense. Obviously he wasn't there to, to be a part of it be a part of it right but they they worked it out so you know this is actually a very interesting niche situation for a live service game where a prominent figure 
dies. He, and he played he he played the game. He was an avid player of Destiny mm-hmm. too. He was like, he was playing Destiny the day before he died. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is crazy. Yeah. Do you think but do you think he played as a Titan? Show. Oh, he, he <laughs> has to have, yeah. <laughs> It goes to show, you know. Can you know, imagine? Just, I just want to imagine this for the for the paycheck. I just want to imagine the situation where Lance Riddick like is like, Warlock. yes, it's <laughs> just talking to to Zavala, just like, <laughs> yeah, I know what yeah. you're about to say. <laughs> you think, well, you think the man like engaged in like role play? He just yeah, just talk to himself. <laughs> do you, do you think people who play games or watch movies or whatever with themselves in it just like? I absolutely love this or it's, I hate hearing my own voice kind of thing. I think it depends on the person. I feel like if you're a voice actor, you probably don't have an issue with your own voice. I would think so. But like, eventually it's like, Oh, I can't really get into it because I know it's me kind of thing. I know there are situations where like actors grow to resent characters because they have to be that because of the success of that character. That's all anyone sees them as. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, Rain Wilson, the dude who played Dwight from The Office, right? Fucking hates it. Really? Yeah, I get it. Because everyone's like, "Hey, it's Dwight." It's like, "What's my name?" What's my your, your name's Dwight? It's like, no, no, it's not. And like, yeah, no, but it's like, I I could definitely see like if everyone comes up to you, it's like, say the line, funny man. You know? Yeah, it's like the voice a, thing. It's like, all right, man. Point, you know, kind of. Yeah, but uh, I I don't think that was the case with Lance Riddick. Yeah. Well, even, I, I think he genuinely enjoyed everything that he was a part of. Mm-hmm. Even like Randall Park, people would just be like, "Hey, Asian Jim," like, and he's like, "Yeah, the fuck did you say to me?" <laughs> yeah, it's, you know that's this borderline racism go bringing up there. It's like, you know, it was it was funny in two thousand and seven when they made the joke, but yeah. I don't know. I but yeah, so uh, I don't know. It, it's an interesting situation that we're we're in the middle of right now, and we'll we'll see how it plays out. And mm-hmm. Hopefully, all the everything continues on without him. But I, you know. I think it'll always be one of those voices that whenever it pops up, you're going to, you're going to remember him. Yeah. And, um, I, he contributed so much. Step and, into the light. Good, yeah. sir. What I want, they always, the good ones always go young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shitty ones stick around until like their late nineties. <laughs> they God. just refuse to go. They're just like, like they're just fueled just, by hate. Just, it's just, they just bitter. cannot die. I just don't understand it. If I have to be live all of, in torture so do you <laughs> yeah yes anyway rest in peace lance Riddick. Yeah. thank you for everything thank you you stepped into a war with the cabal of mars <laughs> isn't that like the first line he says that's the one that everyone remembers oh, okay. just because it yeah. played a thousand times over. <laughs> yeah. step into a war with the cabal whether we wanted to or not that's good anyway let's um Let's close off this show with a little bit of a high. Do, do Chris, do you have a what's that game for us? Of course I do. Let's let's close the game off with something let's a little do bit. It. Let's do that. Let's do it. Boom stinger. Everybody, uh, if you're new to the show, this is the part of the show where one of us describes a video game so poorly that the rest of us are given a total of ten yes or no questions to help identify the identity. Of this unidentified game. Chris, you stumped us last week with an absolute bullshit game. That's that right. I'm still very much upset about. Mm-hmm. Which means that you get to host this week's episode. I hope that you have picked a game that at least one of us has played. I believe 
at least one of you have played this. If not, I will shame you for. It's Stefano, and he's not here, right? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Well, Chris, uh, whenever you're ready. Yeah. So your game described poorly this week is, <clears throat> I want to be the very best, like All no right. one ever was. Yeah, okay. To catch them off guard is my real test, oh. and training is the cause. Okay. Uh, I think I actually know what it is. Oh, okay. I'm I'm really impressed. <laughs> to catch them right. off guard. Yeah, that's. I think that that's what that's what that's what tipped me off, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, Chris. Yeah. Is this? I mean, I'll just ask: Is this mm-hmm. game part of a series? This is part of a series. Okay. Good. Can I just? I, I'm just gonna say it. Is this part of the Pokemon series? This is not. Why would you burn? Why would you waste that? I, for my own peace of not, mind. This is not part of the Pokemon series. You okay. son of a bitch. For my own peace of mind. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, was this game released within the last five years? This game was not released in the last five. Remember, it's 2023 now, so that doesn't mean 2015. That's what I'm aware, that's I'm, what I'm aware of how time works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Hmm. So over five years is a series. Mm-hmm. Now, Pat, if you have an idea of like what type of game this is, it's it's the catching off guard thing that that's that's triggering me here mm-hmm. because my initially I went to a certain Soulsborne game that mm-hmm. that has that as a as a very prominent feature. But if mm-hmm. if memory serves right, it's not five years old at the time of at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So because of that, it might not be that. But also, there's a lot of games that involve getting off guard. You that's know? true. You got any more questions, Pasquale? Not really. I have uh, I have no ideas. You you had one question. That was it. Was it Pokemon? The only single question that you had to bring tonight is like, was this Pokemon? And that's it. And you're tapped out. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, Jesus Wait. Christ. So, okay, so it, it's part uh, of a franchise. Carry, you got to carry this one. Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. It's part of a franchise. It's mm-hmm. more than five years old. Correct. Okay. Alright. Okay. And and to be clear, your definition was just the Pokemon motto, but to catch them off guard. And training the is the only, cause. The training is the and cause. Training is the cause. Uh is this game a um how do I want to word this? I want I want to word this very specifically here. Mm-hmm. Um I, I shit, I would just ask. Is this is this a Souls game? This is not a Souls game. Okay. Hmm. So that that wipes off Shakira. <laughs> Shakira. Whatever, whatever. I think you mean Sekiro, but yeah. I know. Shakira, <laughs> Shadow Side twice. All right, it's not a Souls game. I'll be here and you'll be there. That's a good game. It's my favorite Shakira game. Catch them off guard. So it's game. Catch them off guard. So wait, like. We gotta figure out the genre. I think. <clears throat> uh, Chris, is this a monster raising? Is this part of the monster raising genre? This is not a monster raising game. 
Mm, okay. Cast them with Guardian. Uh, that is five questions. You are now yeah. able to make your guess. Is this Shakira? No. <laughs> is this. Mm. Mm. Is this an RPG? This is not an RPG. Not an RPG. You guys are really tiptoeing around uh, this one. Yeah. Hmm. It's part of a franchise. Yeah. Does does the franchise Guard. in question <sighs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I I see I, the problem with this game is mm. that it it require it, it makes me pull on very specific video game knowledge mm-hmm. that you might or may be privy to. Mm-hmm. Is this a Mega Man game? Is this this is your question? Yeah, I'm asking. I'm I'm gonna burn a question. Is this a Mega Man game? This is not a Mega Man game. Yes, it's not Mega Man Eleven. Son of a bitch. <laughs> mm. oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Three more game. left. It's that's it's three. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to list off what you guys do know? Yeah, give us give us a recap. <clears throat> you do know that this is part of a series. Right. Mm-hmm. You this is not Pokemon or Pokemon related. Mm-hmm. This was not released in the last five years. This is not a Souls game. This is not a monster racing game. This is not an RPG, and this is not a Mega Man game. I, I you know guess. a lot what it's not. Exactly. You know a lot yeah. what it's not, yeah. Oh. All right. So we got three more questions. I, I think we, we should try to home in on, if it's part of a franchise, that helps us a little bit. Hmm. Well, should we ask maybe if it's related to film in some way? Pre-existing, uh, pre-existing. pre-existing franchise? Uh, this... Is not related to a pre-existing franchise, but it does have kind of a tie-in to real life. I was already it, lost, and that just it, like it, threw it, me it's, off it's the pulling board. on like actual lore. What, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> kind of, in a way. Guardian. It's Pokemon Go. <laughs> it's easy, yeah. It's simple. Pulling okay. off a real some. I want to assume it has a real tie-in to the world. How's that? Right. I want to base this on history somehow. Yeah. Civilization three. <laughs> could Simple. be an Assassin's Creed. Two more. Could be Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it could be an Assassin's Catch them off guard. Two more. Catch them off guard. To and catch training, them all is my real training test. Training is my call. Do you want me to read it off to you again? Yeah, read it off. I want to be the very best like no one ever was. To catch them off guard is my real test and training is the cause. Hmm. It might be Assassin's Creed. I'm thinking of that, but <laughs> not an RPG, so it's got to be an earlier Assassin's Creed. But Assassin's Creed have, well, I mean, you know, if it, you look at like Assassin's Creed 2, was that considered an RPG? I mean, kind of. Mm. You want to just ask if it's an Assassin's Creed game? No. Is this game made by Ubisoft? 
This game is not made by Ubisoft. Yeah, that covers a lot of well, stuff. There we go. Okay. Simple, <laughs> there you no go. problem. Have more One final question remains. Unless you feel like burning off a guess. Yeah, I, I'll burn a guess for a question. Sure, okay. Because I got nothing. <laughs> All right, so you have two more then. But Pasquale, you have to ask one of them. You have to ask the questions. Yeah, you can't just... Unless you're <laughs> donating. Unless you're donating. I can donate. You, you're going to donate? It's up for grabs, whoever has a question. All right. Two more two more questions, then. You do know a lot of what it's not. You haven't yeah. figured out a lot of what it could. Like, we need to figure out at least one thing that it could be, just to mm-hmm. at least get some sort of stand. Mm-hmm. Five years. I... It's... Guarding is my real test. Training is the cause. Mm-hmm. What do you guard with? Like what? You guys are just like in and about <sighs> your tip. Is this going. the Is this the Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass? <laughs> Is that, a, is that a guess? That's a guess, yeah. I'll take it. This is not The Legend of Zelda, The Phantom Hourglass. Training. What game? Okay, what game do you have to train? Spirit Tracks. It has a train. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Ah, That's yes. It, wordplay. That's it. There we go. Uh, <laughs> crack the code, dude. Okay. To train them all. Yes, that's it. Train them all, run them over with. No, this is actually Train Simulator. (laughs) Shit. That's my guess. You get you got two more questions. uh, Technically, Uh, one guess each. This is a Nintendo game. All right. Okay. Sort of narrows it, maybe. Is this Star Fox game? Is that the final question? Should that be our final question? Probably not, but whatever. This Star Fox Guard. This is not Star Fox Guard. I'm out. All You're right, Pasquale, you have one question and one guess. This is all you, buddy. You win Zelda, but also, that makes you, me think. You, you got to hurry it along, though. All right, is this, is this a Zelda game? This is not a Zelda game. Why? No. That's the worst thing you could have what? asked. What the f- I have no clue. All what right, Pasquale, is. you have one guess as to what this game could be. And I feel like you are going to punch yourself for not knowing this one. I swear to God. To be fair, Star, Star Fox Guard <clears throat> came out in 2016. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so I feel like I'm right. Is this fucking... I don't know. Is this... Metroid Prime. This is not Metroid Prime. This was 1987's Punch Out. Uh... I gave you so many clues (laughs) during this whole thing. Oh, that's actually very. Oh, I hate that. I was I was making little puns here and there to see yeah, if you guys would yeah. catch on, but no. Yeah. You know what's weird? I kind of visualized it in my head. But Don't I, the bring up my didn't, visualization bullshit. The name How just dare didn't come to I me. like I like that I was like it has a real life tie-in, and you're like, hmm, bounty hunter from space shooting <laughs> aliens. That's hmm. real life. Uh, uh, a Legend of Zelda <laughs> involves. I, I'm uh, gonna be uh, honest. 
ghost <laughs> that inhabits a suit of armor. I, Look, I don't know how, 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 how often do you think about life. Mike Tyson? <laughs> Quite a lot. I'm afraid he's gonna punch me. Didn't he just like Tyson a lot? Didn't he just like meet up with Hasbulla like recently? Probably. And like, and like treat him like a little kid or something. Very upset about that. Yeah, no, it's it's very obvious after you tell us what it is. Very serious. Yeah, very serious. All right, well there we go. Hey, Chris, you've uh, you, you remained the crown champion for what's that game? Moving on to the next week. I, I'm upset. I feel like I could have gotten that with another like 20 questions. I, I think you could have got that if you weren't so focused on the clue. That's true. Yeah, I blame Yeah. You. Yeah. Guarding. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Hey, you know what the worst part is? Because there's the Punch-Out minigame in uh, Enter the Gungeon. Mm. Which I play daily. <laughs> it, it's, just a, it's just a Punch-Out rip. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hey. If you like this episode of the Let's Get Gaming podcast, be sure to leave us a review anywhere podcasts can be reviewed. You can listen to this episode and this podcast in general on many different platforms. Like, I don't mean to brag, but we are pretty much everywhere, including, but not limited to, Spotify. Spotify for podcasters. Oh. (laughs) Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and much more. I've been your host, Patrick Dennehy. Joined with me this week, Pasquale Galuzzo. It's me. I'm back. And I'll, I'll probably stay back. I don't know. I like the confidence on that one. I like the confidence, yeah. <laughs> on, dude, everything you say sounds like it's generated by AI. I swear <laughs> to God. It's, it just has like, there's just L- enough punctuation to make you feel like something <laughs> is going to be said. Little did you know that But at I the end of the sentence, he's, nothing he's, has been advanced. He's literally <laughs> chat GPT personified. <laughs> You're welcome. And Chris Moffitty. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, baby. Thank you for listening to episode 96 of the Let's Get Gaming podcast. Wow. We'll see you next week. Wow. See ya. See ya. What? Bye. Bye.